Welcome to Radio Primavera Sound. Um, it is an absolute pleasure to be here with um, a real legend of, of dance music, um, responsible for many of the most iconic house music tracks, I think, ever. Uh, Louis Vega, how are you? Hey, how's it going? That's a big title, but okay, thank you. I'll take a little bit of that, but there's a lot more. You know, we have so many uh, great talents that have uh, made memorable music for us all over the past 34 somewhat years. But um, it's a pleasure to be here on Primavera Radio. When I say a legend, I was, I was looking just this morning at the classics and even the classic tracks that you've made it, it, I couldn't because I was thinking okay I want to play some I want to play some tunes and I was thinking okay do we just go for the classic and I couldn't even whittle it down to 20 so it's tricky um, you're DJing tonight at Sonar with, with Honey Dijon is this the first time you've played back to back? yeah the first time with Honey of course um, actually the first time I mean we've been on a couple of gigs where she was playing either before me or after and uh, we've walked, ran into each other in between the changeovers, you know, and, and that's about it. But, um, yeah, we've never done uh, a back-to-back. And uh, she's always called me to play at a party. She plays in uh, New York City. Uh, but the scheduling has always been hard, and I've been wanting to do that party with her in New York City. It's a great party that she plays at, and she's been doing a few years now. So, uh, but... Um, Look, we got to catch up here in uh, in Sonar. Uh, it's funny because I, I, I think it must have come about at ADE because I saw the owners of uh, Sonar there, and we know each other from the few times that I've been here with uh, Masters at Work, with Kenny and myself. And um, I went to go see Honey at, at playing at Soho House, and, and maybe that's where the idea sparked up because, you know, we, we are friends and, and we know each other, I mean, you know, uh, in, in the scene. So, uh, um you know, they, they must have uh, gotten the idea there. Who knows? A few months later, I'm getting a call if I'd like to uh, do a, a set with uh, Honey Dijon back-to-back, uh, a B2B set. And I said, uh, sure, why not? Let's have some fun. It'll be the perfect time for us to get acquainted musically at the same time, you know, which would be cool. Because her, her style is, I would I would say, a lot harder than your own. Um do you, when you play like a back-to-back set, do you think about what the other person's going to do? How much do you do you plan it? How much do you think, right, I got the record that's going to do it? Well, listen, I mean, you know, you can't really judge a DJ like that. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I come from a place where, you know, uh, you're open-minded to all kinds of music and good music. And, uh, you know, I've had my jacking days, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I know how to feed off of that. And I'm sure Honey knows how to feed off of what I'm going to do. So it, it should be fun. I, I mean, I don't think uh, you should compare it to records people make or whatever. As DJs, we go out and, and connect with the crowd and connect with each other. And that's exactly what's going to happen tonight. I'm very interested. You've been DJing since the age of 13. So like about 40 years, roughly. Obviously, technology and everything has changed in that time. But do you think the art of DJing in itself has changed or is it still basically the same thing that you were, you were doing back in the 70s? No, I think the art of DJing has changed totally. Uh, you know, there's different ways of playing music and different ways of expressing yourself. It's about how you choose to do it and uh, what equipment you choose to uh, play on. You have so many choices now, I think, and you have so many ways to go and be creative. I think it's uh, at a whole different level creatively because it's up to you to 
you know, uh, choose the instruments you want to use, the, the, the pieces of equipment, the software, the technology, whatever it is you want to use. And, and be creative, man. Open it up, man. There's so much. It's, it's really amazing what's going on right now. I mean, you know, when I play, it's, uh, you know, it, it's pretty basic. I have a four CDJs. I use uh, USB, you know, uh, uh, drives. And um, uh, I use a, a, an RMX Pioneer. Uh, but I do have a more complex mixer. I use an ARS 6700 or the 9000, which I'm using tonight. Uh, which uh, also uh, has an isolator on it, you know, the 9000 built in. But if I use the IRS 6700 mixer, which has a lot of knobs when you see it, that's the best way to describe it. And, um, uh, it, you know, it has individual isolators on each track as well as having a separate uh, isolator. So those are the pieces that I use. And, um, you know, uh, as something comes up, if I want to add something to my setup, I may want to experiment with uh, with 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 some uh, new pieces, but uh, that's what I'll be using tonight. What's the one thing you've learned about DJing over these forty years? What's the one lesson? Relationships with uh, the crowd, relationships with people, uh, relationships with strangers. You know, it's uh, it, it's almost like uh, you you may not know someone, but you'll know them through music. You know, there are so many people that I see the faces you know, around the world for many years that have been following. I mean, there are people that have been following me for even 30 plus 40 years. I mean, you know, since I was a kid, you know, when I'm at home, but when I'm on the road, since I've been coming around for so long, there, there are people that come to me and say, wow, you know, I was 16 when I came to hear you play and I'm still coming to hear you play. And they're in their 30s now, you know what I mean? So, you know, or you have some 21 year olds, 20 year olds, uh, 25 year olds. It's, it's really wonderful and magical what 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 uh what djing does you know what i mean and uh for me i've learned uh, to connect with people you know and after, over all those years of playing in clubs and going to clubs what sort of club stands out in in your mind not necessarily the best but when you think of like wow that was what a nightclub should be that was an amazing place is there one place that that you think of New York City, man. <laughs> you know, New York City's my heart. Uh, but um, yeah, they've been. Uh, I have a few favorite places in the world where there is magic that happens. And I would have to say one is Naples, another's Johannesburg, another's Tokyo. You know, uh, those places to me have been very special in my heart, and uh, I've been going to for many years. Um, and I've watched generations of, of kids grow up and I've watched their kids come. You know, it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's crazy. I was here in Barcelona and I went to eat at a place called uh, Sports Bar Italian Food, right? And I got it from a, play, from a friend of mine who said, uh, Louis, you, don't want, you want some real Neapolitan kind of flavor? Come to this place. It's like being in Naples. I was like, what? I'm there. I landed from Mykonos, went straight there. And uh, I met all these wonderful, uh, a wonderful crew of people, a staff who were amazing at this place. And the food was delicious. And, you know, when I'm eating, they're playing my music and they're playing my music. You're hearing all these records and um, um, they're talking about the times that, you know, you know, I had these guys that were now they were th in their 30s and they were like, I was 14 when I came to see you and, and all those years that you've been playing in Naples I came to see you all my friends all of us together and look at the young ones they don't know about you but we teach them about you 
and they say, you know, you know, our little brothers when they're six years old and sisters, we teach them about you, and that's the that's beautiful. You know what I mean? That they would teach their their young siblings, uh, you know, music about you know someone that they've uh, uh, enjoyed uh, dancing to or or uh, connecting with for so many years. So. Um, you know, to me, uh, you know, coming out here and seeing that out of nowhere, this is last night. I'm at this place at midnight, you know what I mean, uh, uh, eating this amazing Neapolitan pizza, uh, homemade lasagna. I mean, goodness, buffalo mozzarella stuffed with eggplant, uh, parmesan. It was awesome. And to hear them playing, you know, my music and, 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 and reminiscing of times and talking about exciting times that are going to happen tomorrow they knew everything they're like we know you're going on at five o'clock 5 a.m we're going to be there we're going to work till one o'clock and we are going straight there you know we're all going to have a great time we're happy you're doing this back-to-back set with honey dijon this is going to be crazy and you know they were so excited so um that was really really a wonderful uh, uh thing to experience when when i arrived in barcelona so uh, i'm looking forward to tomorrow i, I want to ask so I, i'm gonna we're gonna play a song and this is a really, really difficult question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask it anyway. What one song would you play of yours to sum up what it is that you do? Man, you know, that's so hard because we've, we've uh, really experimented into so many different styles of music. I mean, we went from making minimal dubs to full-on big productions with, you know, uh, string orchestras and, 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 and things like that. So, uh Maybe one project. If you want to know about Louis Vega, check out New Year Soul, the album. Or check out Louis Vega starring 28. Or check out Elements of Life. To me, those records represent Louis Vega uh, on a more organic uh, level and, and, and style and vibe. But it's also telling you about my history and where I come from and what I've learned over the years. But if, you know, we want to go tracky, uh, goodness, uh, let me think, let me think. A track, uh, goodness, give me a little time to think about that, you know. All right, okay, well, it, uh, we're going to play my favorite, which is To Be In Love. That's, uh, what, what can, I mean, it's, it's, I think I've rarely heard music that sort of joyous. What, what can you, what can you tell us about To Be In Love? I can tell you a lot about To Be In Love. First of all, To Be In Love comes from a jazz album. It's uh, um, India got together with Tito Puente a long time ago in the 90s, and they created a jazz album. And I remember India reaching out to me and saying, uh, Louis, uh, can you introduce me? I mean, can you call Vince Montana so that he, you know, I'd like for him to collaborate on a jazz album. This is when I was doing New York and Soul. And then I connected her with uh, Vince Montana. And... Um, Vince showed her a song and it was called To Be In Love it was written by a man named Joe Latanzi the lyrics and the music by uh, Vince Montana I believe and, and another musician and um, you know the, the it was a great song you could hear it off the top even when I heard what they recorded because uh, Vince Montana produced a song uh, for her and um, it was on the jazz album it was a more jazzy vibe but I heard the song when I heard the song I was like wow that, that lyric is powerful you know, she nailed the song. So I went to, I reached out to the, to the president of the, of the Latin label. His name was Ralph Mercado. And, and I said, look, I want to license, you know, two tracks for, from the album to do some dance mixes. I think it should be out in the clubs. These songs are great, you know, and stuff. 
So I I, uh, I licensed to I I got my hands on To Be in Love and also uh, another song, uh, um, which was in the Yoruba style, uh, that she had done, and um, I kind of created like a tribal track and and uh, and and little samples and stuff that I put up my uncle. My uncle is a famous salsa singer, Hector Lavoe, and I put one of his live performance uh, in uh, samples in there, and uh, she's singing all around it and stuff, and then. Um, and the other song was To Be In Love. I received, the, you know, the, the vocal, you know, the parts, the stems. And when I went into the studio, it was just magic. It happened, like, right away. Uh, like, I went in and with Kenny, you know, Kenny started the beat. And then Gene Perez came in. And that was the magic, that bass line. When that bass line came in, I got to, you know, give credit to my brother Gene Perez, who played the bass line. Um, and then my other brother, Albert Menendez. Um, and these guys play with the greats. You know, Albert Menendez is, has been with Shakira for over 20 years now, probably. Who knows how long? A very long time. Uh, maybe 15. But I, I uh, uh, had him on the Wurlitzer. And that's when that melodic part came, you know, uh, at the intro of the song. And then I said, boom, we need backgrounds. Uh, so I called upon Lisa Fisher and Cindy Mizell. They're singing the backgrounds. Um, that record came about pretty quickly. It didn't take a long time because it's just the magic happened. Once that groove was in and it happened and we finished the song, we had called India back in to sing in the vamp of the song. That's when she's ad-libbing and doing all that. And then we kind of went, stretched it somewhere else to a more underground house groove kind of vibe. And um, when we finished that song, it was like a 10, over 10 minute piece, 12 minutes, I think, or something. It's very long. And uh, we kept Vince Montana in there. There was a vibe solo. I mean, you know, everybody was on that record. It was wonderful. It was definitely a New York and soul going house kind of feel. So uh, when we finished that song and we put it out, we didn't know it was going to do that. We were like, oh, it's a nice house song. It's fun. It's cool. It's happy, you know. But all of a sudden, P-Tong, like, everybody started calling from England, like, do you know this song is on the radio? Do you know this song is, like, really on the radio? Like, every day, like, five, six, seven times a day. We were like, what? We could not believe it. We could not believe how fast that song flew uh, in the U.K., because that's where it started. Once it spread around in the U.K., and... I don't even think it went half on the pop charts. It was probably like in the early 20s or something. But the song stood with everyone for years and through generations. And I had people coming to me saying, oh, this song was played at my wedding. This song was played at my, you know, when I got engaged. You know, it was like the ultimate love song, dance love song. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm really grateful to the UK for, for um, making that record happen. Because if it wasn't for the UK and the way it exploded there... I think it, you know, it helped for it to reach out to the rest of the world. Next thing you know, Italy, huge song. Uh, the uh, Japan, huge song. I mean, the, the record blew up all over Europe. It was, it was amazing what, what ha what's happened with that song. And still to this day, I mean, you know, people want to hear it, you know. And, um, you know, that happens. When, when you make a lot of good music and you're the artist and you go out and play in front of people, people want to hear you play them. And why not play them? You are the artist. You did create that song. Shoot. Let them feel it. With you there, it's different. When I used to go hear Larry LeVan, and I heard Don't Make Me Wait, and I heard the Grace Jones records he made, the, the Gwen Guthrie records he made, the Mick Jagger records he, he worked on. When I heard all those records and him play it, 
it was special because he made it sound the best. You know, he knows the songs. They're his songs. And he's the, you know, the artist who created those, you know, the, those mixes that made those records happen. So I could understand why people want to feel, you know, you who created, who are part of the creation. Because, of course, my partner, Kenny Dove, and, you know, we got our whole crew, you know, uh, to hear you play that uh, track is, is, is special. Let's hear it, to be in love.
This is one of the things I wanted to ask you about. That um, in your in your career, like you've you've had your console, which is like a big band project, but you've also made uh, I don't know Ken Lu tracks like the bounce, which is sounds like the the two of you in in the studio. You know, is it is it very different? The kind of approach is it very different? The 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 feeling. How do you know you're making like a a Ken Lu track on Mass at Work, or is it going to be a Louis Vega? How do you know? <laughs> well, first of all, we, we make the song, we make the track first, and then we decide what it becomes. You know, we don't go in going, we're going to do a Ken Lu track. No, we just go in and feel it. You know, uh, Kenny and I have a really uh, special relationship. You know, uh, there's definitely this synergy between us when we're in the studio. You know, I get behind a keyboard, he's on a drum machine, and we just go. 
you know um so whatever gets created that night you know it could be three four tracks then we decide what goes where or we keep working on it and then we decide what we want to do with it you know right now uh we have created like three eps and uh but we want we want to work on one big song like a song you know we want people to sing along so uh we have the tracks we have the dope tracks and they're ready but and it's been like two years but uh, we just wanted to wait for the right uh, song to come about and the artist to do it with. So we're deciding now, you know, who we want to sing it. And uh, we're going to come up with like two or three songs and pick the best one. Wow. <laughs> so you, am I right in saying your first production was a remix, correct? Yeah, I did a remix for Tommy Boy Records. And the group is called Information Society. And the song is called Running. And at that time, that, that was my first job at a club, 85. I was working at a place called The Devil's Nest, which was owned by uh, the same people who own Fever Records and Fever the Club. You know, they opened the dance club, and, and uh, I was a hot DJ in the Bronx doing my thing with my, my own little parties, having a 1,000 people in parties with, with my friends. And, and um, you know, uh, they decided to hire me at this club, and, and uh, those, that was one of the records that I had played. It was from Minneapolis. It was a, a 12 inch from Minneapolis, this group Information Society. And um, I made the record very popular at the club and it started spreading all around. Then Tommy Boy picked it up and they asked me to remix it. Big shout out to, to Joey Gardner and uh, Tom Silverman for that. So what is, what is the art of the remix for you? What makes a good remix? What makes a good remix? Uh, some, you know, it can happen in different ways, you know, because sometimes, and, and with us, it was very peculiar because, you know, um, well, you know, between '85 and '90, I was doing a lot of uh, Latin hip hop and freestyle music. You know, I was part of that. I was part of that movement. I was a young kid, you know, playing up in the Bronx. I was also playing house music when it first came out. You know, I mean, I, you know, uh, by the time it was '86 to '88, I was in, in in New York City playing at Heartthrob, which is the old Funhouse where Jellybean played and Arthur Baker, Madonna, where that whole scene comes from. You know what I mean? So I was in that next generation of uh, of, uh, kids in that club and I brought all these kids up from the Bronx Brooklyn Queens into that club so you know um, there was a movement going on so um, but at that time you know one night you may have a Noel singing Silent Morning which is a song that I made as well well I was you know I remixed as well and um, you could still have like Mr. Fingers you know, we had Mr. Fingers performing, uh, you know, uh, uh, Robert Owens or, 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 or uh, you know, and at the same time we had an artist like India, let's say, performing in, 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 in the clubs at night. You know, uh, at the same time in that club you had young kids like Mark Anthony hanging out at the club, young teenagers that were so talented, could sing and everything, and which later on I ended up working with. So, um, you know, there was a movement going on. But when I got together with Kenny in the early 90s, there was 1990 actually, um, we just developed uh, through remixing, we were able to use that path to, to, uh, to bring out our music, let's say through remixing. So uh, we were doing a few remixes and we said, okay, well, I was still getting these pop remix, pop uh, artists to remix, like Debbie Gibson. That was one of my early songs, too. Her first two or three songs that were pretty big, uh, very big. And um, so since I was getting all this work from Atlantic Records and Warner Brothers, and I got together with Kenny because I was working on an album, 
at that time, which Mark Anthony was on. And, you know, India was a uh, background lyricist on the album. Uh, Jocelyn, uh, no, not Jocelyn. I had, that's when I worked with Tito Puente, Eddie Palmieri, you know, the early stages who later came in with, in New York and Soul about seven years later. Um, when we were working on that album, Kenny and I were getting acquainted in the studio for like six months just working on, you know, I was on keyboards, he was on beats. We were just creating these grooves. So when I started getting these remixes from pop artists, I said, well, you know, we can't, we can't get these underground grooves on these poppy, happy things. Let's find hooks and let's put them on the B-side and just create these dubs going totally somewhere else. Nothing to do with the artist, you know, or the song, but still taking elements from the song or the artist and and putting them on that dub. And that's when we started calling them Masters That Work Dubs. And uh, we... We did about five, six, seven, eight of them. Next thing you know, it was 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 of them. And um, we were all over the record stores, all over the shelves. People were buying the music. And next thing you know, from there, that's when, you know, you get calls from Jamiroquai, Madonna, Michael Jackson's people, and, and uh, you know, to, to, to remix their work. And, and uh, so we kept doing it through the remixes, you know. But at the same time... Uh, creating original productions because you know the remixing can be you know you can you can you can do something kind of tracky you can do something with the full song i mean you're supposed to obviously follow the artist and the song you know what i mean you know and uh and come up with a, a a great version so we would do a nice version for the artist with the full song and on the b side we would just take it to that other level so i mean um there are different steps when you're remixing you know um First thing I do is hear the song and to see if it there's something catchy in there, or, or something. Uh, you know, it's got to spark an idea. If if it doesn't, we pass on it. I mean, we passed on a lot of work back in the days as well as much as we took. You know, but um, you know, it's because we weren't feeling something for the song. You know, I gotta say the only thing that I do regret, and I wish what I knew now I knew then because I'm more seasoned now. I guess is that I didn't do a Mick Jagger remix. And I'll never forget, he called me in my house from his video shoot. And I was young. I was just like, you know, oh, man, you know, I wish, I, you know, I want to I do the right thing. You know, I just don't want to do a remix to do it, you know, but I want to I should have done it. <laughs> you know, but uh, I got to say that's one thing I regret because uh, Mick Jagger is a true hero you know, for me and, and uh, you know, and my life, you know, he's been a big part of my life with his music as he has with everybody else, you know. But, um, you know, um, hopefully, you know, there there is time to work on something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it, it for remixing, man, it's, it's definitely a stepping stone to production. To production, for sure. Do you prefer remixing songs you like or songs you dislike? Because I know, I, I know some producers say... I can't. I, I only work with songs I really like, and and some sort of say no because if I like it too much, I don't want to. I don't want to change it. Do you have like a preference? Well, first of all, you can run into a song that was done so well. I mean, you know, something was. You know, a lot of people do come to us or come to me and say, "Hey, I want you to remix this song," and I'm say, "But I'm already playing it. It's already hot. I can't do something to it." Well, sometimes you might hear something that, that can take it to a, a different place. You know, so if I do hear something that that I can create change for it and for for and 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 let it work somewhere where it's not maybe working you know I'll do it but um I won't just do it 
to do it you know because it's not going to come out right you know it's not it's not going to uh you know the music is not going to complement what, what what's going on with the with the song or, or the track or, or the uh you know the, the hook or whatever it is you know so uh for me no if i'm not feeling it i'm not going to do it but um if it's all it's a hot song that that i feel look i'm already playing it it's it's something that i would play already you know because obviously people want to hire you so you make a remix for them that you can play in your world or your friends can play you know in my case because i have a lot of you know great djs that play in huge festivals and clubs to small ones to everything you know that that you know they would play this kind of sound so you know I, they're thinking if i'm gonna play it then everybody else is gonna want to play it you know and if you know obviously it's got to be hot though you got to make it hot no, no matter what it's got to be a hot track they're not gonna play something that's okay you know so i'm gonna try to make something that's hot <laughs> you know so uh for me you know it's 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 different cases okay we're gonna play some more music um again a choice um i i've got two songs i'm i'm thinking of two of your remixes i particularly love um and uh they are synthetian only love can break your heart simply red and thrill me both your remixes which one should we play and why uh play simply red you know what i mean thrill me um that was a fun record to make i remember i got this new keyboard i believe it's, it's called the jp 8000 i think it is uh, and there was this big piano, like a great piano sound, and some synthy kind of sounds that you can tweak. And um, that was the first time that I used that keyboard on that record. And uh, Kenny came up with that dope beat. We put that little sax line, because that was more like uh, early to mid 90s, right? Probably 93 or something, 92, when it came out, I guess. And uh, I was a big fan of uh, Simply Red, still am. You know, um, of course, holding back the years, big part of my life. And when they came to us uh, to do that remix, I was blown away. I was like, wow. You know, when, when Electra came to us, the label, I believe it was Electra. And uh, no, it was Atlantic, Atlantic Records. Um, it, it's true honor to work with that voice. You know what I mean? This historic voice for all of us. I mean, you know, he's from the UK, right? Uh, but uh, he blew up all over the United States on radio with that ballad and, and other songs. And when we had the chance to do this, we said we got to do the right thing. And you know, it came out really good. I was I was happy with with the, with the way that record came out. Very happy. And uh, to this day, it's funny. I did a TV show in, in uh, with my wife Anane. We uh, we had a new song called Plastic People that that she had come out with, and she performed it on this TV show in Italy. And they wanted to do a tribute to me and my music on this TV show. It's like a big variety show, you know? Like you have um, Graham, uh, the TV show, that big TV show that he brings different movies, uh, different... Graham Norton. Yes, I love him. I love him and his shows, man. They are, um, He's so funny. And I love when he interviews everybody. So it was a show kind of like that, a variety show. But it was a little more variety stuff going on, you know? But um, they did a tribute. And the theme song they picked was Thrill Me. So I hadn't heard it in years, and this was about 12 years back or something like that. And uh, they were playing that song on the commercial all the time. I was like, wow, look, you hit a little sax line. It was all over the, you know, the Internet, maybe like eight years ago. But, um, you know, that, that, that song is special. And, and uh, working with uh, Simply Red was uh, a true honor. 
I, w- I wanted to ask you about um, where you see like house music in the United States at the moment, because um, obviously house music is an American invention um, and kind of blew up around the world. And it, it, it seemed certainly from an external perspective that it kind of got bigger in the rest of the world than in, than in the States. And then like, the previous like, recent years, it seemed like it, it's kind of got to electronic music has got to a new level in the States. And obviously, Kanye West sampled a couple of your songs. Where, like, how do you see electronic music in the States and how do you, you feel you, you fit into that? I mean, do a lot of people come and talk to you about Kanye West? Is it like uh, the first thing a lot of people have heard about you? Or, or how, yeah, where do you see yourself? Well, first off, uh, when something blows up big and, and it becomes a thing, it's, it's because it hits the youth, you know, the youth culture. And, um, it already had its time, you know, when it did a long time ago. But I think there is a resurgence now, you know, obviously with electronic music, with, you know, um, house music has always been around in the U.S. It's just underground, you know. We always go to all the main cities. We play there. Sometimes we go to the, you know, the, I call them maybe maybe the secondary cities. They're not like the main cities, but they're smaller cities that you go to and you play. You know, we still play all around. There's lots of festivals now, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think when um, EDM came and, 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 you know, David Guetta and, 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 and a lot of Afrojack, a lot of the guys who, you know, uh, Calvin Harris, who had, you know, uh, opened the world up to dance music in general. You know, let's call it dance music in general. You know what I mean? So they were at festivals. You had, you know, hundreds of thousands of people all around. You know, um, those kids kind of grew up a little... And then they wanted a different sound. You know what I'm saying? So where are they going to reach next to the underground sound? I think they're going to kind of go there and see what's what's bubbling around and, and, and feel that music. You know, um, I think that um, it's, it's a lot of different factors, you know. Uh, but house music has always been around in the U.S. It's just, it was, it was smaller, uh, you know. But now, you know, the worlds are colliding. You know, you have now the festivals that are reaching out as well for a different style of music and where are they going next probably to techno and then techno and then reaches into tech house and then goes to house you know what i mean so that's kind of like the way it is it's funny because house music has always been like not high on the totem pole let's put it that way you know what i mean but we've been the roots of everything and i gotta say that house music is the roots of all of, of a lot of dance music today it is you know um obviously with all the hybrids and everything else and the all the inspirations around but um when i say worlds colliding it's exactly what you mentioned with you know kanye west and and and, and uh and his uh friends in the studio sampling some of our music and and, and uh and you know is is opening them up to this music and it's okay i don't expect somebody who's 16 to know about me when i came out you know when i was you know 16 or 20 or whatever i didn't know about people that were out you know 20 years ago you understand what i'm saying but with the internet that's the magic we have now a kid can look up this one song deep inside and find another 500 songs this guy made and you can make like a hundred of them you know what i'm saying so hey it opened them up so that's the magic of what's going on now with social media and everything we are able to connect with uh people you know, around the world and uh, also educate them, you know, or they can educate themselves. 
you know, and hopefully they do do that, you know, and they dig deep and, and, and um, find out about artists they like. So there is a cross-pollinization that's happening. You know, um, right now I'm uh, in the studio. I've collaborated with the, the Martinez brothers, who are my, my young brothers. I'm proud of them. They're doing so well out there. We've we've made almost two albums already. You know, we put out a single last year, and now we're putting one out this year. Our first song, actually, a full song, and we're really excited about it. It's called Let It Go uh, by the Martinez Brothers and Louis Vega featuring Mark Basie. And it's coming out on Cutting Heads on their label. And I thought it was a good thing because, you know, when you come to the question, where are we going to put it out, your label or our label? You know, So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it coming out on, on your label because I think that it's, it's important to show their crowd, their younger generation, the music of where it comes from and, and myself with them and then they'll look me up and find out you know the things and and see other things that we're going to do in the future also i i collaborate collaborated with joseph capriati i have a song on his album you know um but a lot of the people that i connect with there has to be some kind of uh uh, uh some kind of a root with it you know and and the thing is that uh with joseph you know i've been going to naples since 1992 so he was a 13-year-old kid watching me play on in a beach in front of 6,000 people. You know what I mean? And to see him now doing his thing, playing for 100,000 people around the world is really exciting, and I'm so proud of him. So when he reached out for me to be on his album, I was like, of course, let's do it. And then we started doing these back-to-back sets in, um, in my party in New York. Like, he would come to my party at Cielo, which holds only, like, 300 people, and we would do... Uh, the last couple of years, we did it for three years. We we would do, we would play together all vinyl, and it was like let's play let's play a set of. Uh, I said Joseph, I want you to play your roots, play your roots. You know, bring vinyl. He would do his homework and come with all his vinyl. I mean, he's so into it. I love it. You know, uh, he came to New York and and we've been doing these back to back vinyl sets, uh, which I take very seriously. By the way, you know, uh, I have Takaya, who's my tech, who is an amazing tech, who takes the stability of the turntables, the needles, the anti-skates, I mean, everything to the T. Like, we make it perfect so that when Joseph comes to play and we're playing together, that it sounds flawless. So, um, you know, um, I think that that is what's happening today. I think there's a lot of cross-pollinization. Look what's happening tonight at Sonar. I mean, I'm going to be playing with Honey Dijon. Honey Dijon is doing great. I'm proud of her. She's, like, blowing up all around the world. And... And, you know, uh, magazine covers to playing in front of 10,000 people to, 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 to coming to New York and playing for, you know, her crowd in New York. You know what I'm saying? Um, so for me, uh, it's kind of coming full cycle. And what I see a lot today that I really love is that there is embracement and, and embracement for where it comes from. As to where before, maybe young people were like, oh, no, that's, you know, it's, you know that's from a long time ago this and that no but you know uh, what people also got to realize is that we are making music today we are making a lot of music today i mean i put out uh i just put out five i'm putting out four eps i put out two already i mean i put out a song every month i i put out an album every year one to two albums a year so we are currently making records todd terry kenny dope uh spen you know, the Basement Boys, like, you know, Carrie Chandler. We're all putting out music and getting inspired by the youth today. So I think that that whole thing is just like in this washing machine coming together, you know, and, and all these really nice things are kind of spitting out of it, you know, which is, which is really cool. So um, 
I'm I'm excited about what's going on today, and I think that's how the new styles will would be created. You know, is is by, you know, guys like you know, or girls like us getting together and creating things. I mean, you know, you have Anane who has Nulu and Nulu movement. You know, Anane is my wife. We do the ritual together in Ibiza. In Ibiza, we do a night where we bring together uh, Moody Man, Masters at Work, the Martinez brothers, Joseph Capriati. I mean, you know, Cassie, Nicole Mortimer. I mean, we bring everybody together. And, um, you know, I've been all for that for so many years. And Anani as well and, and our family, Kenny. We always try to bring uh, the youth together with uh, the veterans and everything in between. You know, and, and I think that um, and the genres and not only house music to house music, house music and techno, house music. You know what I'm saying? You know, R&B, soul, it could be anything it depends you know what i'm saying it's like you never know next year i might be collaborating with uh, black coffee you know what i mean it's like that that's just the way it is and i have a history with him as well because of south africa but um you know um and i've been going there for so many years but you know i i think that um that's what it's about today yeah so let, let's play we, we played um a couple of older tracks let's play something new what what what, what should we play um by yourself or by a new producer that that's inspiring you something kind of New. If you want something by me, I'll give you something exclusive. Wow. Yeah, I'll give you something exclusive. I'll give you two or three choices. You can have them. One of them I'll give you is a remix I did for Jasper Street and Company. It's called um, Praying for You, uh, which is coming out at the end of July, um, very soon. Uh, another is I have a new album coming out in November, and I can give you an exclusive. It's a, there's this fun house kind of disco track with strings and but it's very infectious and 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 fun um you know so uh you can you can have fun with those and um there's another one i did for ovum uh for a josh wink and it's called um sixth sixth sense that's it It features ursula rucker uh so uh, i'll give you those three and then you can choose what you want sounds fabulous thank you Right, let's have a listen. This is Louis Vega with Cosmic Witch, taken from his forthcoming album.
you have worked with loads of people throughout your career. What's the secret to making a collaboration work? Man, you know, it's relationship in the studio. Um, I think it's very important to to create that, that even for that short time, you know, you, you have to see eye to eye. You have to feel each other out. So um, developing that short term in the studio relationship. I mean, of course, you guys know each other for years after probably and stuff like that, hopefully. Uh, but um, I'm really good at getting the best out of people in the studio. Like, you know, right now I just did a session in London. Uh, my publishing company says, Louis, we have studios around the world. Why don't you use them? I was like, wow, well, I happen to be in London playing for the Love Supreme Festival with my entire band, Elements of Life, which was an amazing show in the beginning of July. I said, well, why don't I stay in London 7, 8, and 9 of July and record in the studio? So I say, wow, okay, so I said, uh, send me a list of artists that are possibilities that I could work with. They sent me a load of, oh my goodness, I had to go through so many links and stuff. But I picked like um, a few artists. And one was uh, Karen Harding, singer from Newcastle. Another one was um, KDA, a young producer. And, and then a jazz uh, musician that I wanted to work with named Kamal Williams, who's on a Brownswood on, on Giles' label. Listen, I went in, and it was so much fun. I mean, we just created it, and it, it just worked so well. We were in the studio, and I, and I think that that's what it's about. When they come in the studio, you don't want anybody to feel alienated. You don't want anybody to feel like you want them to feel part of it as soon as they walk in, you know, um, which they are. And, um, you know, you, you have somebody who writes lyrics or comes up with melodies or... Or plays an instrument so you what you want to do is you you want to um, you got to have that um, when you're in the studio okay they play an instrument you, you need to make them feel like just relax feel good you know and um, and let's connect you know once that happens things happen you know you you find out what their forte is you know because different people they come in one could be a singer that writes lyrics another one could be a beat maker uh you know another one could be a a pianist or something you know so um you got to let them get warmed up and you feel and you can hear what they're doing and say okay this is how i can bring them together with what i do you know and then i add to what they do so that's kind of like what we did. And, and well, we came up with a great song with Karen Harding. Was an amazing talent. She wrote these, a full song, the whole, you know, this night. A few hours we spent in the studio, four hours maybe, you know, and we came up with a great song. I'm so excited about it. KDA, that boy came in, threw down on the beats. And I got to give it to him for giving me those donuts. He comes in with these fancy donuts. And he came in making me feel good. I was like, oh, wow. He was a little late. He was like, hey, I brought a little surprise. I was like, wow. These like super high end donuts <laughs> in London, you know, it was uh, it was wonderful. And then um, Kamal comes in with his his synths and stuff, and the sounds were so beautiful. And and I, you know, I had things ready to play for them too, you know. So I didn't go in empty handed. I just we we had ideas, and and then um, things just happened. So now uh, there's 
you know, I just told my publishing company, you just open up Pandora's box because now everybody found out I'm working in London and people want to work. So now and now that I know I can work in London, uh, which I got to give a big shout out to uh, Ross Hillard, my uh, now my new engineer in London and also bass player. The guy's amazing. You know, uh, you know, I got I got a team now, so I'm really excited about that, you know, but but that's how it works in the studio. Just giving you a little insight. So. New York and Soul, the album came out. I think it was nineteen ninety six. Um, obviously, there's all you, there's always been a big, strong Latin influence in in the work you do. Recently, there's been like a real global sort of explosion in Latin music. With some of the, the biggest pop hits of the past few years have been Latin songs. How, how do you feel about this explosion of Latin music? You know, I think it's great. I mean, you know, it's my roots. You know, of course, you're going to hear it in my music. Uh, even though, you know, we bring jazz inflections, uh, you know, you have gospel, you have R&B soul, you know, you even have a, a minimal synth kind of thing. You know, it depends on, on what, what projects we're doing and, and what's going on. Um, you know, not everything we have, we put percussion on, you know, but um, there is that rhythmic thing that we have. But... um. I think it's great. I mean, you know, who, who who wouldn't want their music to be out there around the world and influencing everybody, you know? Yeah, there is a big explosion of uh, the reggaeton sound, let's say. You know, uh, the other night I was in Ibiza and my son wanted to go see Bad Bunny. And Bad Bunny comes from Puerto Rico. That's where my family's from. So I said, you know, I got to go out and represent. I went out and Ushuaia was packed from front to back. It was, wow, I was just blown away by it. You know, you've been seeing it all around the world. I mean, you know, it is it is an infectious sound. It's a sing-along. Uh, those are sing-along songs. You know what I'm saying? People love to sing along. Girls love to sing along. Where the girls go, the guys follow. You know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, but Latin music has always been in pop music. Always has been. People want to add rhythm. They want to add congas. They want to add, you know, a sample. They're in, they're in there. They're in, in, in a lot of it. Not everything, but in a lot of it. You know, so, uh, but now it's just more in the forefront. You know, that's what's happening. When you have pop artists, uh, you know, uh, putting these Latin grooves in their songs, and then you know it's definitely totally mainstream, you know. But uh, that's a whole different sound, you know. Um, when it comes to house music, we may put it in in the foundation, you know. It may be in the foundation of, 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 of some of it. But, um... I wouldn't say everything we do is Latin, but we are Latin, <laughs> and we have rhythm, and um, but it, it, all, it all derives from Africa. That's where it comes from, you know, these rhythms. We're going to play New York and Soul Track. I have, I have a selection, or is that one you'd like to choose? I want to hear what you want, what you like. Let me hear this. The Nervous Track. Got to be. Man, that was the first one, man. That's where it all came about. You know, it's funny because when Kenny and I were in the studio, we were doing remixes. And when we would do remixes, we would do all these different tracks, you know, other ideas that pop up. And I was playing around with this uh, synth uh, uh, module uh, called uh, The Matrix. And um, I heard this pad sound. And I was playing these, you know, three chords just over and over again. They were just so hypnotic. And Kenny said, oh, I have an idea for that. And that's when he started laying down beats. And he was making so many house beats. He was like, I'm tired of doing house beats. I want to do a different kind of beat. I said, well, do it. Let's go. And then we started doing it to that. And I laid down the bass line, the little, the little organ uh, melody line, you know, um, the top bass parts. And, and 
we added a percussionist, uh, Tony from from Brooklyn, who who came in and played percussion, and then later on Paul Shapiro, uh, sax player, who also plays flute and also played on the whistle song actually for Frankie Knuckles. So uh, we you know we uh, we had some fun with that track. We put it out, but it started grabbing the attention of a lot of uh, people from different genres, from drum and bass to hip hop to house to techno all these different DJs were calling us saying they love the Nervous track and, and uh, from there we said hey we gotta make an album with this style the Nigerian soul style and it just became this huge uh, masterpiece that we're so proud of I, I seem to remember hearing once that you called it the Nervous track because when you used to play it out people would come up to you and sort of go nervous or something like that no, it actually came because of Michael Weiss. You know, we needed a name for the track, and it was Michael Weiss. They like, why don't you call it a nervous track? I was like, ah, okay, we'll call it a nervous track. And, you know, nervous records, the nervous track. So it kind of became a theme uh, track for him, for his label, you know, which was cool. We only put out two singles from New York and Soul on Nervous, and it was uh, the nervous track and Mind Fluid. Those are the two. Let's hear it, the nervous track.
Lou, you've been more than than generous with your time. Uh, it, it's been great speaking to you. I just want to ask just a couple more more things. Um, I want to take it all the way back to uh, the very first Masters at Work uh, release, um, which was uh, Double A side, Blood Vibes and the Hard Dance. And the Hard Dance has gone on to become absolutely iconic in the sort of ballroom scene how do you how do you feel about that i mean that something you made in 1991 has had this incredible afterlife and the the very sample that you use that you 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 took from a film has become iconic for a whole genre of music how does that feel well actually i give props to kenny you know he he uh took that 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 hook and everything and popped it on the track but um you know yeah i mean we didn't know anything until like maybe the late nineties how iconic that track was in, in, in the voguing scene. We had no idea, but we used to hear from our friends here and there. Cause obviously, you know, we have a, a lot of gay friends from the scene in, in uh, the voguing scene in New York city for many years that have been going out since, since I've been playing 86 when I was in heartthrob, I remember even 85 in, in the devil's next devil's nest. I mean, you know, there were always uh, uh, vulgars coming out, you know what I'm saying, uh, to, to, uh, to my nights. But uh, it was Willie Ninja. Willie Ninja, um, in 90, let's say, 2 to 96, somewhere around there, I played at a place called the Underground Network. That's, and Barbara Tucker was the pr- uh, promoter and Don Welch. And um, Willie Ninja was our door person who is from the ninjas you know the the you know the mother of of all you know and 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 a big uh icon in the um the voguing scene and beyond because you know we all love willie ninja and what he's contributed to to uh to our music and everything so willie used to tell me louis you don't understand you know the hard dance is an anthem for the voguing scene it's in all the ballrooms i said are you serious he goes yes we had no idea we made it, and at that time, I was playing in, like, a very kind of uh, house and hip-hop, you know, it, w- it was a more street crowd, you know? And you had some sprinkles of, of the gay crowd that would come, because they would love that scene as well. You know, they would come to our, our parties, and um, and some of the houses would come here and there, you know? But um, we didn't realize it was that big, and that it was part of a movement, you know, so um, which the movement was way before, you know, it happened way before since the 70s. Right. But um, but at that time, that era of, of the Vulgars from that 90 on that, that we had this record that, you know, became like an anthem, you know, um, I was blown away. I was blown away by it. And um, 
to this day now, I, I, I look up on YouTube, you check out Vogue battles, Voguing battles and stuff like that, and you hear our record. And like almost all of them, a lot of them, you know, so it, it's really a, 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 a huge honor for me when a track or song that you do can become part of something so powerful. You know, and now I watch like Pose and, 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 and the TV shows now that are on. Of course, I saw Paris is Burning. You know, Willie Ninja was in our first video. Do you ever see I Can't Get No Sleep? That's Willie Ninja. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's Willie Ninja, the shadow and the whole thing. You see Willie Ninja in there. You know, um, that was in 91. You know, um, so, and we even recorded with Willie Ninja on Nervous Records. We did a song called Hot For You, or Hot. Um... Yeah, I, I was really, uh, I'm really proud of it, and and I'm happy that we could help to to lift, you know. So one one final question: um, What's next for you? You got you got loads going on. You said you got like four EPs, an album every year. What what's what's next? I'm working on a new album. It's a house album, and it's coming out in uh, late third quarter, fourth quarter. I mean, which is like November, I believe. Uh, we have a first single coming out, Cosmic Witch, and uh, it's coming out on Nervous Records. And then I'm doing a jazz album for Elements of Life, which is my live band, which is my other heart right there. You know, we love going out and bringing these songs to life. You know, it's, it's wonderful when you can come out and hear, you know, and watch myself conduct the orchestra. But hearing that orchestra is beautiful. And when I bring out artists like Anane, Josh Milan, uh, Julie McKnight, like a lot of people that I've worked with, a diva. I mean, I've brought so many out to perform Lisa Fisher, uh, you know, and, and do shows around the world. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a new album now and, and I'm involving a lot of the new jazz movement from London uh, to the veterans, you know. So it, it's going to be really a, a special album. I'm looking forward to it. And my dance album is called Expansions in the NYC, a house album, straight up house, man. It's fun tracks, you know. Uh, gonna make you dance that's it and i'm gonna i have some collaborations with some amazing people one i can confirm is and i'm very excited about is that robin is on my album you know which is cool i'm, I'm really happy about that wow so we're gonna we're gonna play out with with a song i i've got one in mind um but is there any particular song you think we should play out with oh you should play between the lines a new remix i did uh, for robin if you don't have it i'll give it to you <laughs> Louis, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Relax.
Emotions rising uh. so 